Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast where we gladly feast on those who would subdue us. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. Get that light bulb out of your mouth, grab your shovel, and meet us in the cemetery. We're playing a game of Raise the Dead. We're talking the Adams Family. Ah, hey Ben, how's it going? Uh, it is. It's going splendidly. Yeah, I had uh, I had a bachelor weekend this weekend because everyone was gone, so I was just in the house by myself. Party! Did you get dressed once? Not for anything fancy. Yeah, like I mean, I put clothes on. Ah, okay. I didn't cook, so I went out to like eat some food at a restaurant. All by yourself. Pants are probably required there. <laughs> I didn't figure I should test that. Suffice it to say, I won't be sitting on your couch for a while, just in case. I was wearing my underwear as I watched The Addams Family. Okay, good. I was only naked in the hammock. <laughs> it was a nice day. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Poor neighbors. They can't see me. Really? So, Isn't your hammock right there? I mean, they could see me like when I got up and out of it. They couldn't see me while I was in it. <laughs> Read some uh, Last Ronin and uh, finished off the rest of the Gideon Falls trades you lent me. I saw that stack in there, so yeah. I'm, I'm free to take them? Yes, sir. Oh, man, you were sitting there scratching your balls without any underpants on and touching those trades. My balls did niche, but I did use my dick to keep the pages open as I read so I could put my arms behind my head. Yeah, yeah. It took me a while to figure out how to turn the pages with my dick, but I got it figured out. You just got to think about B. Arthur for a little bit. And you're like, oh, oh, there, there it we goes. Go. Moves on its own. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, they got off to an odd start on this one. Yeah, no. That, hey, how appropriate. Yeah, right? That that was, yeah, altogether ooky. Ugh. <laughs> okay, so let's let's get this out of the way right up top. The theme song to Adam's Family. Yeah. Is it the best or is it the worst and it just got lucky? Um, well, it's not amazing, but it's it's iconic. Yeah. Like, it's not a great song. It's not like it comes on, I'm like, oh, this is my fucking jam. Turn that up. But it fits the show really well. I think it's I think it's the right theme song for that show. Yeah, I mean it's it's got like undeniably like the 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 hookiest hook to ever exist. Like yeah. everyone knows that song. But I I've been thinking about the lyrics and I'm like, oh, they're bad. These lyrics are fucking terrible. They they're shit. They're stretching hard for some rhymes. Yeah, like it is <laughs> it is god awful. You know, like like if you're actually going to write lyrics, like they're creepy and kooky, mysterious and spooky, and altogether ooky. Like what the fuck does that even mean? And then like the house is a museum. Okay, when people come to see them. Okay. <laughs> they what is it? They really, they really are, are a, a scream. Yeah, they really are a scream. They're like, come on, <laughs> rhyming screaming with museum. That is a bold move. Yeah, and then to top it off, it's a what? So, so put a witch's shawl on, a broomstick you can crawl on. We're gonna play a call on the Adams family. Like, come on, I mean, that one's not so bad, I guess. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But boy, was that guy lucky. What was his name? Miz or uh, uh, Mizzy? Yeah, Vic Mizzy. Vic Mizzy. Yeah, that he was. He was lucky. He came up with that. Because it's everywhere. Like up until they start singing, flawless. Yeah, my my kids' school had like for for them to learn the the days of the week. They they had a song that went days of the week, 
days of the week. Oh, awesome. Days of the week, days of the week, days of the week. And then, and then it would say like, there's Sunday and there's Monday, there's Tuesday and there's Wednesday, there's Thursday and there's Friday, and then there's Saturday, days of the week. It's like, wow, okay, there you go. Hey. It's a way to learn it. Yeah, it's catchy. Yeah. But, and I, those lyrics might even be better. Uh, they says the name of a character in I th- it. I think they are better. <laughs> I mean, he also wrote the theme to Green Acres, which was another one of my favorite themes. When I was that a is a great theme. And that one, the lyrics are actually good on. Yeah. Like, it tells the whole story, it sets the whole show up, and it's catchy. Well, we're going to have to save that for our Green Acres episode. <laughs> Coming down the pipe pretty soon. <laughs> maybe a Nick at Night episode? Yeah, yeah. I can, maybe. I can... Yeah, we can get Beverly Hillbillies in on that. Yeah. One of the questions I wanted to ask you was... What do you think the worst Adams Family song was? Oh. Because there's some decent options out there. The worst one, in my opinion, is far and away from Adams Family Values. Whoop, Adams Family, there it is. <laughs> it's pretty fucking bad. Like like the MC Hammer one from Adams the oh, 91 Adams Family movie. Yeah. They, it, it does what it's supposed to do, and it's 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 made well. It's from its time, but like when I was when I was finishing Adam's Family Values, and then I just hear them go like, "Whoop, Adam's Family, there it is." I'm like, "Wait, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, the, somebody had to re-record this, but <laughs> who did this and why did they do it? I mean, I know why. I guess the Adam's Family rap from the first one was, I think, it was well received. Oh yeah, I believe that's it what was. you did back then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was MC Hammer. Yeah, this was 1991. I mean, yeah, that was his time. It was like like uh, like the 1991 Ninja Rap from Vanilla Ice. Yeah, you know, like that that was the right time and place for that sort of thing. There's some other contenders though. What do you got? That was the one on the closing credits. Yep. Same thing with the, uh, the MC Hammer mm-hmm. one because the it had don't you can't touch this in the like when Cousin It pulls up in the actual oh, movie. Yeah. You better not bring up the the Eat Me song from Adam's Family Values at camp. No, that's the greatest. No, okay. The uh, the closing credit song for Adam's family reunion. Oh no! Is uh, it's a rendition of the original Adam's family theme, and it is so bad. It, it was also the end credit scene for the new Adam's family show, which the uh, intro to that show also hot fucking garbage. But oh boy, it is uh, uh, it's bad. You haven't heard it? No. Oh, I feel should, like we, should, should we play it right I now? Feel like I should make you listen to it. Yeah. 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 Up. I forgot about that one from Adam's Family Values, though. That one is bad. I did not get a chance to rewatch that movie. All right, here it is. Uh, It's, oh my God. It is apparently by Straight Vocals, spelled S-T-R-A-T-E-V-O-C-A-L-Z, which is about the, the most late 90s garbage name that i could think of i'm not i'm surprised it wasn't str the number eight (laughs) and and then vocals with a z right uh all right here it is the adams family the adams family family. i'm coming at you now oh the adams family They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together, ooky. The Adams family, the houses and museums. When people come to see them, they really are screaming. Still has those great lyrics. Mm-hmm. They're neat. Sweet. Oh, they're so pretty. 
So get a witch's shawl on, a broomstick you can call on. We're gonna pay a call on the Adams family. The Adams family. The Adams family. Ho, the Adams family. Coming at you now. Ho, ho. Okay, the parts that they added to that are fucking hot, steamy dog shit. But when it was the actual, like, Adam's Family original theme stuff where they're singing the lyrics and, like, going with the tune, I didn't mind it so much. It's got to be the least Adam's Family song you could possibly make, unless it was, like, Celine Dion singing it or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you could get farther away from the concept of the Adam's Family than that song. I don't know, man. Whoop Adams Family, there it is. I, oof, I think I got to stick with my choice after listening to that. But oh, I might have to hear it again. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense at all. Like that one, at least, that was somebody making bad decisions with their heart in the right place. I, I, maybe? Yeah. That reminds me, when, when we're talking about the, the original lyrics by Vic Mizzy, why does he say, what is it, neat, sweet, Petite? What? Like, that has always bothered me. Even when I was a little kid and I first heard the lyrics, just the, the you know, there's like, neat, neat. Sweet. sweet, and then petite. It's like, wait, wait, what? They're none of those things. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it was written before the show existed, <laughs> yeah. so he... Well, I mean, apparently, I saw a little snippet of an interview with Vic Mizzy, and apparently he was there for the entire, like, production and design of the show and the sets and everything like he was there when they were like picking out the shit to go in the house for for the actual production design yeah. so so he was saying like oh i just you know this is what it was I, I i saw it all happening so this is what it felt like i mean morticia was fairly petite yeah. wednesday's petite yeah but um, everyone else is decidedly not and not and no one is very sweet or neat no but uh yeah you know what I, he he made a living at it, <laughs> yeah. So it worked for him. Yeah, so I think I saw a quote from him saying something like, "Like I live in Bel Air, you know. All it took to get into Bel Air was two snaps." <laughs> what a dickhead! <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> I mean, guess it worked out for yeah, him for real. So everybody knows who the Adams family is. I don't think we really need to spend. Uh, a bit of time describing what the Adams family is uh, to people, because if you don't know know who they are, you shouldn't be listening to this episode. Figure it out. Yeah, or yeah, or you'll be you'll be able to piece it together as we go through. This yeah, kind of feeling. So why don't we go straight into first impressions? I'm curious what your first impression is because I I have a feeling I would know where it came from, but I don't know for sure. I wasn't 100 percent sure until I looked at some dates, and it was definitely the Adams family movie in 1991. Oh, okay. I watched a bunch of the TV show when I was a kid, but it was all on Nick at Night, and apparently it wasn't syndicated on Nick at Night until like '96. Oh wow! So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Nick at Night, unless it was somewhere else. It's hard to figure out where that shit was syndicated, but that's probably where it was. Yeah, I I would have figured that. Yeah, that your first impression was the TV show. Yeah, I don't think so, and I and I don't really have like a specific memory of seeing it. I I don't remember if I saw it in the theaters or not, but. Uh, I remember renting it multiple times. Yeah. And uh, it's, I, I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. My, my first impression is also the 1991 
Barry Sonnenfeld uh, directed Adam's Family Flick. I did see that in the theaters. And then I, I remember owning it on VHS like pretty early on. I feel like there was some promotion somewhere, like one of those McDonald's promotions or something that where you could buy a VHS for like 10 bucks. I remember they had a few of those over the years. That's how I got Raiders of the Lost Ark and like Back to the Future. Man, McDonald's used to be cool. Yeah, it used to be real cool. They had Ronald there too. But yeah, that that was my first impression. Like you, love that flick from the very beginning. I Every time I watch the, the beginning of the movie, it's one of those things, like a couple of the other properties we've covered, where every time I watch it, I, I'm, I'm transported back to the first time I saw it with the, uh, with the carolers and going up to the top of the house and then yeah. just tipping over a cauldron and then going into the, into the theme. Like it was perfect. So let's go back to the early days, to the creation of the Adams family, which I had totally forgotten until we started prepping for this show. And you reminded me it started as a comic strip. Yeah. Back in 1988. Yeah. Yeah. Same year as, uh, the creation of Superman. And the, uh, the year the movie The Rocketeer takes place. 1938. Excellent vintage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, other than that whole, like, world war that happened around there. Yeah, uh, we weren't in it yet. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, uh, it started as a series of comics in The New Yorker. Yes. By a gentleman named Charles Adams. Yeah, with two Ds in his name. Yeah. Not like those shifty 1D Adams. I know. You can't trust them. He was like inspired to the idea because he lived in New England and there's just like a lot of like spooky old looking Victorian houses there. And he was wondering like the kind of people that live in them, if they fit the motif. Yeah. And I love that it was uh, that it was a, uh, you know, because when you hear comic strip, you think of like Sunday funnies, but it was actually in a classy magazine and they were like one page, you know, single image cartoon strips like we're in. um in like the other ones in the New Yorker, the ones yeah, I go to Playboy also, mm-hmm. you know, just like the single strips or, like, or even like Family Circus. Or, yeah, I was going to say, or like Family Circus. See, except... I didn't want to compare it to that because Family <laughs> Circus is not great. It's, no, it's not. And yeah, it's basically, it's an image with someone saying something under it or a caption under it. And, uh, it, it, you know, that made them appear to be like weird kooks that basically were into all the things that nobody liked. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to do something that I've, tried to never do in my time, but I wouldn't want to get called out on it. So I'll, I'll call myself out on it first. I'm going to quote Wikipedia. Oh shit. I know I was doing some, some, some research and I was like, man, this is too good not to quote it. I probably should have put this up top when we were talking about Adam's family in general, but what they, what this article said was the Adamses are a satirical inversion of the ideal 20th century American family. An odd, wealthy, aristocratic clan who delight in the macabre and are seemingly unaware or unconcerned that find them bizarre or frightening. And I was like, that is yeah, that's the it. perfect summation of Adam's family for me. Yeah, and if you had just come out and said exactly that, it would have been like, something's up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's reading that from somewhere. <laughs> and then, you know, of, of, our, of our, you know, tens of listeners, somebody would, would call us out. Yeah, I mean, they're basically a subversion of... American, normal American values, Mm -hmm. you know, saying like, you know, here's all the things that you think are pretty and good and they hate them. And all the things that you think are ugly and bad, they love. And that's where the comedy lies. Well, and, and, you know, I would, I would push back just a little bit on the, like everything you love, they hate. I think it's just like, like what I love is the subtlety behind it where, where it's like, they're, they're not so, well, unless you're talking about the early 90s cartoon, they're not just like, 
oh, look, a blue sky. Gross. Oh, what an awful day. But they, they just like, they're a little weirded out by normal things, just like we are weirded out by them. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's interesting. And, and, but, but they function like a fairly normal family, like within themselves. Yeah, they 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 all clearly care for each other, with the exception, you know, occasionally trying to murder each other, but it's all in good fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And apparently, this uh, this strip ran off and on in New Yorker and other places, even until Charles Adams' death in 1988. Um, so he's he was doing it for a long time. Um, unfortunately, like I was hoping that I could just look up and find like a you know a collection of them at Barnes and Noble, but that was not the case. Really? Yeah. I, I saw one on Amazon, but, you know, I didn't order it. It looks like the Adams estate keeps pretty tight grip on their IP because there was not a lot of them available to just peruse. Like, I, I've seen them over the years, so mm-hmm. I'm, like, aware of them. And, but I probably was only able to find, like, maybe 10 to look at before we recorded here. And, uh, and they were all on, like, Pinterest. Yeah. Bad scans or, yeah. or you know, low-quality images and... And man, that little tiny writing, that little handwriting at the bottom was not easy to read in most no. of them. So a little bit of a bummer. But uh, one of the interesting things about the comic, too, was that it was never called The Adams Family. No. And none of the characters had names. It was just a comic that appeared. They didn't have a title. No one ever called anyone else by a name. Mm-hmm. And it just got known as The Adams Family because it was done by Charles Adams. Yeah. Well, one thing about the about the comic strip is that, like, the original designs, for the most part, have carried on through media. The the, yeah. the only real difference is with Gomez. Like, originally, he was, like, much more rotund. You know, like, like he yes. was a thicker dude. But um, especially in, in all of the animated stuff that they've done, whether it's the, uh, the 72 series, 72, 73, um, and then the 92 series and the new animated movies... They all like go right back to the original Adams designs, yeah. Which which I really really dig, you know, because it'd be very easy for you know, like in my opinion, Raul Julia is my Gomez. So you know, I'm I'm like, wait, what's what's this weird fat bug eyed thick lipped dude? But then I look back at the original strips, I'm like, oh, okay, they're they're being faithful. It makes sense. That is fully the comic version of uh, Gomez. Yeah, um, interesting little tidbit. Apparently in 1946, um, Adams illustrated a, uh, a Ray Bradbury short story yeah, uh, called that. Homecoming. Yeah. Yeah. It was about um, a creepy family that he was writing about called the Elliots. And they had talked about collaborating um, for years, apparently. And it just, it never happened, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, they drifted apart over time. Brad, uh, Bradbury made more short stories with his Elliot's family. And then it eventually got collected into 2001 from the dust returned. And he used the, um, the original Adams drawing for the, uh, the cover of that. Awesome. Yeah. There's a creepy house. I I looked at it when I was at home. I meant to bring it, but I didn't. (laughs) Oh, you actually have the book with that cover. Oh, that's Um, cool. I've, I've got one where it's like on the inside cover. Oh, it's got like the original cover on the inside yeah yeah it's it's got yeah it's the the main cover is kind of stupid it exists books do that occasionally yeah those jerks and there was a reprint for uh october country another collection of uh of creepy stories by uh bradbury that has a very charles adams-esque you know cover with like a house and a creepy person the other big notable thing that came out of the comics era for me was uh the involvement of lady 
Coilton. I don't know if you've noticed it, but like at the end of both the Adams Family movies, um, or all of them, and the, you know some of the TV, sh- the later TV shows, it says like you know special thanks to Lady Coilton. No, I haven't noticed. What's this? So I was like, who the fuck is this Lady Coilton? What's going on here? And so I, I looked her up. Apparently, her name was Barbara Barb. Okay. And uh, she was married to. Charles Adams between, I think, 54 and 56. And in the divorce, she got the rights to all of the Adams Family comics prior to 1956 and the the rights to the characters. So they had to get permission from her to make anything by the Adams Family. And she got 70% of all profits, I think. And Charles Adams thereafter only got 30%. Fuck. For all of the Adams family stuff. Jeez. Wow. Is she still alive? No, she's dead. I wonder what happened to those rights. If that, if they all reverted back to Charles Adams estate or. If... Uh, no. He, well, yeah, his, his ex-wife eventually got him back after, well, he was already dead. Oh, okay. And then, then Lady Coilton died. And she was called that because I guess she, after him, she married uh, a like Duke or something over and oh, okay so it was like duke, duke ferdinand coilton yeah but uh when she died and i guess uh t adams his you know the wife he had when he died okay uh wanted him back and i and basically had to buy them back but because when they ran through all of barbara barb's books afterwards they realized like she'd been shorting the shit out of her for years so they had a bunch of liens on the rights so it, you know, made it fairly affordable for her to buy the rest of them because of all the money she was owed in, in back shit. Oh, okay. So all the money that the, that the widow was uh, owed from Barbara Barb yeah. was, oh shit. She like donate to charity, but like also donate T Adams portion. Yeah. Like in not, her name. But not tell her <laughs> and not ask, not ask her about it and shit. So, uh, so yeah, she ended up, I think she spent like every penny she owned to get them back, but now she owns them. Yeah. And they're back and she has it in the, you know, like, I think it's the Adams Family Foundation or some shit or the Adams Estate. Is she like alive? I'm not sure. This huh. all happened in the early 2000s. So she could be, but wow. she'd be pretty fucking old, I bet. Yeah. I didn't even look. I'm, but that was one thing I realized on my way up is that I didn't really look into the life of Charles Adams at all. And I, and I wish I would have, you know, because I don't know if he had children of his own. Like the only thing that I happened to catch from, from like a video uh, that I was watching during research was that like, apparently a lot of, uh, a lot of like the decoration and stuff was based on Charles Adams own like apartment decorations. Apparently he had like an embalming table as a coffee table yeah. in his home. That's pretty neat. Like, I wonder how, how weird he was. Yeah. I, I only, I picked up a few anecdotes here and there. Like the, uh, the character of, uh, what was her name? Schloss. Uh, Dr. Pinderschloss. Pinderschloss. Yeah. You know, the, the, you know, that, the overbearing manipulative greedy mother, uh, was apparently, uh, based on Lady Coilton, <laughs> uh, unbeknownst to her. Awesome. Like, but yeah. It was kind of based on, on her you know, underhandedly cause they had to get her to sign off on it. <laughs> I guess he was on a beach once like hanging out with some dude and they were like complaining about their ex-wives and they realized they'd both been married to her. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> that's the best yeah and, and what they, the fuck and, and the other dude didn't want to talk about her at all and so he kind of like brushed it off and then later on charles charles went over to him and was like so uh what'd you think of barbara and the guy's only response was which one 
because she was like a you know implying that she was a two-faced oh liar shit <laughs> and, and a manipulative nasty person wow that's like, awesome oh, that's pretty fun it was a fun little rabbit hole to go down that I yeah. didn't know anything about well you talked about um about in the comic strip the names not being a thing and uh that is something to go back to because the names were created for the television show in 1964 yeah they were and they had charles adams like submit a list of names you know like mm -hmm. like tell us who you know what are their names and who are these people so he came up with most of the names of you know the core family members yeah um i mean apparently morticia was easy and they they took wednesday from uh from a line of poetry that was uh shit i can't remember anymore what was it, it was like, monday's child or it was like it was tomorrow's woes yeah, wednesday uh, yeah wednesday's child has tomorrow's <laughs> woes or woes for tomorrow or something yeah 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 it was, it's from a poem called monday's child oh okay like, monday's child is something tuesday's child is something else wednesday's child is woeful or it something. was very morose it's like a children's poem one that i had never heard but apparently they had and um i i i heard that they uh that he gave him two choices there was either gomez or Rapelli for yeah. for the gomez character i, I think they chose right he looks yeah. like a Gomez. But the one thing that I thought was really cool was Pugsley's name was almost signed off as Pubert. Yes. Which then became the uh, the name of the baby in uh, in Adam's family values. So that's a cool like retro nod. Like I always loved the name Pubert anyway. I think it's so fucking funny sounding. You know, it's, it's Hubert, but it's also kind of puberty. And it it sounds just... Hey, you know, I guess it's appropriate. Just a little gross and a little off. Which is exactly why they didn't let it go for the show. <laughs> yeah, because, the, yeah. you know, the sensor. I mean, that was in the time of, like, TV purity. Yeah. You know, you couldn't flush a toilet on TV. and People had to sleep in different beds. So, you know, anything alluding to puberty was right out. Yeah. Which, that's where, like, Gomez kissing up Morticia's arm came from. Because you weren't, they weren't allowed to kiss on the lips, but they wanted to show that he was super affectionate <laughs> towards her. So they went with uh, hand and arm kissing instead, because the censors allowed them to get away with that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so with the Adams Family TV show, I, I, you know, I've, I've seen many episodes over the years. I've never done a deep dive, never binged it. And I've been so into the movies that like, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have a strong opinion of the TV show. So it was really cool going back and watching a few episodes after having watched the movies again and just seeing how much of this, how much of a, sorry, what I loved about the movies came directly oh, from yeah. the TV show. Like nearly everything. Yeah. Gomez's penchant for fencing, his, 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 his love of model trains uh -huh. was in the show. Uh, uh, you know, cousin it and, um, and thing. thing were both from the show. Like those, yep. those weren't from the comic at all. And they, you know, they became part of the mythos. Well, and, and even just like the very first episode, like opens with thing, just like the movie did, you know, like freaking out the mailman. And then you've got the gate that opens itself and like has a personality. And then like you, you see Wednesday speaking to somebody at the front door, like just very, I mean, she was a little more like stoic. Like she wasn't so like Christina Ricci, just like deadpan, straight face, you know. Neither of those kids were great actors. No, no. <laughs> and then you have Pugsley coming out with the with the doll without a head, and then them talking about uh, you know learning about Marie Antoinette, and um, and then even like 
the bear rug that growls Mm -hmm. and Morticia doing her gardening and snipping off the heads of roses. And then, like you said, uh, Gomez's trains. And then uh, the other thing for me is like just the quick little quips, you know, where, 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 fuck, I didn't want to make a list because I didn't want to run through a list of quips. It would be terrible, but they've always got some little thing to, to add. Yeah. The little quips that about, you know, where they say the opposite of what a normal person would say. Yeah. Wednesday, play with your food. Yeah. yeah something like that. Their interplay with like normal people is, is, I mean, it's kind of the crux of the show. Like that's where the really entertaining one stuff comes from. Like one of the episodes I really love is where the, uh, where Fester puts the, a personals ad out to try and get a wife. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? No. And when a cosmetic sales lady comes to the, to the house and uh they they all think she's the mail order bride or that like she's there to like court fester but she's uh she's there to sell them makeup Mm -hmm. but uh but they get their wires crossed and so they don't they both think something completely different and um she says something about like well you know i could i could always give you a free sample and we're just just like we don't do that sort of thing here and she's like well you know money works too and they're just like aghast it's like that's a prostitution joke on 1964 tv yeah oh, shit. way to slide that in guys yeah they definitely weren't afraid of pushing envelopes and and it was interesting too watching the tv show how it seemed like their their house was more like in a neighborhood, you know, and like yeah. on the inside, it wasn't as like dusty and cobwebby and stuff. It was just weird. It was like a museum. Yeah. <laughs> well, on the note of their house, I, I, I assume you've seen the pictures of what the actual set looked like in color. Um, I didn't see the Adams family set, but I saw um, a snippet from shit. I can't remember the name of the musical that it that it was before it became oh, the it Adams was, family uh, set. The unsinkable somebody somebody. Yes. Molly Brown. Yeah. Sinkable Molly Brown. Yeah. I saw like all all the red on the walls, but I only heard about how they had to paint it like various shades of pink and red to get the, uh, to get the right tones of gray. So like, yeah, if you, you see the pictures of it, like everything's just all, it's, it's all very pink and lovely looking and it's, it does not look (laughs) spooky in the slightest. Yeah. Like it's not far from leave it to beaver. You know, it's just, it's just decorated differently. Yeah, and and much more thorough. Like it's got like that big two-headed tortoise, and it's got the oh yeah, you know, like the stuff you know the stuffed uh, swordfish with the leg hanging out of it. And <laughs> yeah, there's just like body parts on all the different things, and they got that giant fucking bear that they sit behind. Like it's just fucking, it's just such a busy environment that there's there's always stuff everywhere to see. Like you said, Raul Julia was your Gomez, like. John Aston is Gomez for me. And, yeah. I mean, Raul Julia did a great job, but like John Aston's voice and his mannerisms and uh, just his face that he, you know, the Gomez Adams his face, fucking with face. His eyeballs all yeah. popping out. And uh, I mean, that is, that is Gomez Adams for me. You know, going back to it, like, yeah, John Aston is fucking great. He, he's got like a wild stare. Yeah. Like, especially in the, in the opening theme, when they, when they do the, the coverage right on his face, like he just has like a brief little like flash of madness and I, I fucking love it. With a smile on his face. Yes. Which is perfect. Yeah. He, and it's, it's a, it's different than Raul Julia for sure. Like Raul Julia is almost more like suave and like swashbuckling and stuff. Like that's what, that's what that movie was though. Like yeah. he was, he was definitely more of like a. A dancing Spaniard, you know, yeah, Gomez, and, and rather than like a dry, funny Gomez. Yeah, and, and he's more emotional than yes. uh, 
than John Aston's Gomez generally was. Yeah, and it's funny when I, when I was looking at at John Aston's uh, suit, like in just stills, I was like, why is his suit so ill fitting? And you know, com- as compared to Raul Julia, and then and then I and then it hit me that in the comic strip, you know, Gomez was was a bigger fella, and I think that might have been what they were just trying to do, you know, trying to give him a little more uh, girth. Well, and and it makes sense that his, his suit would fit poorly. That's the way he likes it cut. <laughs> they uh, well, and he he really helped solidify you know who Gomez was as a character. You know, because otherwise it's from a comic strip. Like he didn't have a lot of like background personality. So like he added the cigar mm-hmm. to Gomez because he was an avid cigar smoker. So he he wanted to smoke cigars anyway, and so he was stoked to be. You know, he was like, all right, we have him smoking cigars all the time, and. For continuity, they had to like relight the cigars all the time, and they were—I guess they were sponsored by Dutch Master Cigars. So they had just shit tons mm-hmm. of cigars yep. lying around. He would he would pocket them to take them home and smoke them later, but he'd have he'd pocket them when they were lit, and he kept burning holes in the pocket. So they had to like make a special asbestos pocket for him to jam cigars into to just snuff film. it out. Yeah, yeah. And didn't he say something like that? Like he hated having to worry about about continuity so they so they sort of made it a joke about how he's always lighting up fresh yeah. cigars like like you'll never see him smoking with like the little butt of a cigar so he, he's just always lighting up fresh ones i like that back when you could smoke on tv <laughs> yeah and i guess john Aston uh, apparently originally auditioned for lurch and not for gomez really and they're like nope we're gonna make you gomez <laughs> yeah and and you know that's I, I guess it's something to say that not only did they name the characters and the the TV show for the TV show, you know, like come up with all the names, but that's, you know, like you said, that's where Thing and It came from, um, as well as the fencing and um, Lurch playing the harpsichord. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I feel like there were a couple other additions that would, that, that would be important later on. Oh yeah, the uh, the super turbo like affection and the the using yes. the French words from, uh, from yes, Adam's yes, family, yes. or that they used later on. I, I guess on Lurch and the Harpsichord. Did you know that in 1965, Ted Cassidy had a hit album with the Lurch? Yeah, and an accompanying and a dance. dance. <laughs> <laughs> Do the Lurch, <laughs> and, and I guess girls like it was popular like the Beatles, like where teenage girls would like scream and run up to him. When he walked down the street. Well, I mean, to be honest, like looking at Ted Cassidy out of makeup, like he's a handsome dude. He's got a strong jaw, big old chin. You know, he's yeah. got, he's got dreamy eyes. Like, yeah. And he, I mean, he's six foot five, so he's not so like freakishly tall. Like no. he, he was just a tall drink of water with that, with that low voice. Like he, he even improvised that, that you rang. And uh, I, w- I was kind of surprised at how much he does talk. I, I knew about the U-Rang, you know, just through pop culture, but it's interesting how, how much he does actually speak because, you know, I'm used to the to the movies where Lurch didn't say anything. He just groaned. Because originally he wasn't supposed to say anything. And when they heard him say U-Rang, they're like, oh, that baritone. We got to use that shit. Oh, that ain't no baritone, baby. That's, that's bassy as fuck. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. That fucking low rumble there. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So they decided to use it more. I mean, he was also Thing. Yes. Yeah. Like that was his hand, and I guess he would he would switch it up from time to time. Like he would use his right hand sometimes, but every once in a while he'd throw his left hand in there just to see if anyone noticed. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I strongly recommend going on to Amazon Prime and 
sitting through some ads because ads fucking suck, but it was worth it to watch some of that TV show. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch more. It's a great show. Like when I went to go watch it for this, like it was like, do you want to resume watching? And I was like, oh yeah, like two or three years ago, I watched through like most of the first season. So I just picked up where I left off. Oh shit. Yeah. And it, and it only ran from 64 to 66. There were only 64 episodes total. Yeah, which I'm I'm glad that uh, TV was like that and that there's 64 episodes because if it ran from like 2024 to 26, uh, there'd be like 12 episodes. <laughs> oh, that's where you were going. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. You know, I th- I thought you were talking about like you were glad there weren't more episodes and that they that they kept it pure. And I was like, man, they would have kept going. Apparently, if it weren't for Batman. Apparently Batman killed both Adam's family and the monsters. Yeah, because that was the the goofy thing, and it was it was in color too, mm-hmm. and it was fucking great. Also, yeah, it was Batman. Even in its heyday, it was ne- it was never like top of the charts. And the whole thing with the monsters is weird too, because like I always thought of the monsters as as like a uh, like a, a ripoff. Yeah, of like a bandwagon jumper on her. Yeah, but they premiered within like a week or something. Within of each one other, week, yeah, which is nuts. Hey, and you know what day uh, Adam's family premiered? September eighteenth, nineteen sixty four. Hell of a day. I think it still was a bit of an Adam's family ripoff because they probably heard about the concept and the Adam's family had been around for you know decades at that point. So uh, as as a comic, like Adam's family, yeah, like you said, like it it existed in comics and it was it was its own property and like Munsters was very clearly. Like a Universal Monsters comedy rip. Yeah, with the same exact concept, trying to do mostly the same jokes, but goofier, I, yeah. I would say. And I like the Monsters a lot. Like it was it was a fun show also, but it wasn't as charming as the Addams Family. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've, I've always thought the Monsters were cool, but I've never just super been into it. I've never attached myself to the Monsters like I have the Addams Family. To not, you know, glow about this entirely, the one thing that I dislike about the old Adams Family show and grates on my nerves constantly uh, and is is pretty standard for most comedies of this era is that fucking laughter. The fucking laugh track. Oh, the laugh track? I, I have come to the point in my life where I, I have a hard time dealing with laugh tracks in sitcoms. They bug <laughs> the shit out of me. <laughs> Weird thing, I don't even notice them. Like I, I notice them in cartoons. Like cartoons of that yeah. era also plugged in laugh tracks, and that's fucking bonkers to me. But I don't even notice with uh with live action television because I don't think this was. I don't think it was filmed in front of a live studio audience. I don't think they started doing that until later maybe i don't know if that was a thing then like i don't know if that's actual laughter or if it was canned laughter yeah either way i don't like it yeah and it it, it gets on my nerves <laughs> it's the only thing that makes it tough for me to to get through it yeah and you know something about um fester in the old tv show too like it's interesting like all the emphasis that's put on fester in the 1991 movie but in the old tv show like he was just kind of a stooge you know like in the oh, background yeah. with like a high voice like it, it was really weird I, I i expected him to be more important but um it was just sort of like him and grandmama like running around you know giggling about things and being stupid he, he had his moments he had episodes devoted to him yeah and maybe it, i need to watch more before i make that call he was fun uh he's definitely a lot different than he is in the movies obviously yeah he he's he's got that high voice instead of Whatever Christopher, Christopher Lloyd's, Lloyd's got in a rasp. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one one thing, I've, I've got a note here, but I wish I would have 
done, uh, written down the reference to it too. Cause I, I'd had a few drinks when I was taking some notes at this, at, at this point in my note taking, but I've got a note here that says, are Fester and Gomez not brothers? Cause there was a line that Fester said about like, oh, you know how I was brought up with blah, 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 blah. Like, and he's saying it to Gomez. Like it, the, there was a very clear message. Like it wasn't even implied, but a message that like Fester and Gomez did not grow up together. I believe they might have been cousins. Oh, okay. Because um, he's still in Adams. Yeah, yeah. He's Fester Adams. So yeah. I, 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 got, I, I believe he might have been a cousin in the original show. Oh, okay. Yeah, because again, man, I, I can't separate myself from what the 1991 movie did. Which, you know, that was my formative Adams Family experience, which it seems, for the most part, to not be totally incongruous with no, the rest. They, they did a really good job. Um, I, I mean, I guess the only other fun tidbits that I'd heard was, uh, apparently Cher was in the running and was interested in being Morticia in the original show. Wow. Way back then? Yeah. Yeah. A very young Cher. She must have. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess she's like 108 now, so <laughs> it's not that absurd, but she's the best looking 108 year old I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was well before Sonny and Cher. Yeah. Like she was a young woman. Damn. That's all I got for the show. Yeah, it, it's good. Go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't have much to say. So, I mean, we can run through and, and see if you've got anything. So in, in Adam's Family and Other Media, in 1972, we had uh, their first animated outing, which was Scooby-Doo meets the Adams Family. Yeah, it had the full cast come back for voice. Yeah. Too. Like every single one of them that they had in there was, was the original cast member. I remember seeing that when I was a little kid, but I don't, I, I wasn't able to catch it again before the show here. Yeah, I remember it vaguely. I mean, it's Scooby-Doo, so it's got that canned laughter. And uh, <laughs> I think the plot was they, like, find Lurch somewhere and they give him a ride to his house. And they're like, oh, look, it's the Adams family. And Gomez and Morticia are like, all right, thanks for watching the kids. We're out. And they leave. <laughs> <laughs> so they stick them all in the house with uh, Wednesday and Pugsley. Yeah, I can't remember. There, there was, like, an, an alternate title that had Wednesday in it. And it almost seemed like they were looking for Wednesday. Like, I wonder if they lose Wednesday at some point yeah, and they have I, to go looking for her. And I don't, I remember that. And I remember something about Gomez getting attacked by an octopus. Whoa. I wonder if it was uh, Aristotle. I don't, the, the, I don't uh, know. The pet octopus from the uh, original TV show. It's been a long time. To be honest, thinking about something like Pugsley having a pet octopus in the original TV show, I'm surprised they didn't mention that at all in the movie. That seems like something that would be a very easy pull, but, uh, they didn't, I didn't know about any octopus until I started watching the show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In the old show they had, yeah, they had Aristotle, the octopus, mm -hmm. they had Kitty, the lion. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And they alluded to all kinds of other things, you know, like the, like, there was one episode where they're like, you want to come to the, some other kid, like you want to take a ride in my Jaguar or on my yeah. Jaguar. And you hear it like growling in the background, but yeah, uh, yeah. The Scooby-Doo one, I mean, it, Everybody had to meet Scooby-Doo. Yeah, Batman and Robin 70s. did. Yep. And I loved that one when I was a kid. Oh, I, I think the Munsters did too. I bet they did. I feel like I remember seeing Grandpa in animated form in a Scooby-Doo. Which is weird because all of those shows were like a decade old at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that was the time to revive them. Like, uh, like Adam West and Burt Ward even came back for a, uh, for a live action like one-off with a bunch of DC superheroes. Huh. Or maybe it wasn't a one-off. Maybe it was a miniseries. I can't remember. It was like World's Greatest Superheroes or something. I started watching it once when they had it on, uh, 
think it was that that DC whatever streaming app before it got folded into HBO Max, but it's not on HBO Max currently. Mm, was it not good? Oh, it was it was hard to watch. <laughs> oh, on that note, John Aston played the Riddler in uh, at least a couple episodes of the Batman. Yeah, I, I thought it was just one, but it, but I, I I could be wrong because yeah, it was usually Frank Gorshin. But yeah, a mustachio John Aston. Yeah. Which I mean, if you're going to cast him as any of the Batman villains, Riddler's probably the right one. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't doing Scarecrow back then. I, I, oh, I could see him yeah, being a good Scarecrow. scarecrow. Um, so after that, Scooby-Doo meets the Addams Family. In 1973, we had Addams Family Funhouse, which was apparently a pilot for a variety show. Oh, yeah. I've heard, I heard of that. Never seen it. Me either. Apparently it did not get picked up. So Terrible idea. Don't yeah. Don't like it yeah. at all. That does not seem like the right vehicle for them. Brady Bunch? Yes, absolutely. Oh, unless they did it like a freak show. Like they had like sword swallowers <laughs> yeah. and bearded ladies come on as their talent. <laughs> 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 then that could be fun. Yeah. Real life vampires. Um, then in 1973, we had the first Adams Family cartoon series. By Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. And it shows. <laughs> yeah, it it was. I mean, I think I can say this for all the animated outings that I that I've seen. It's tough. Oh, it's yeah. real tough. That also had some canned laughter. Oh yes, and Gomez's voice is uh, the fucking worst. Yeah, it is so bad. I don't even remember it. I hate it <laughs> so fucking much. <laughs> He's all like high and squeaky. And oh really? It's, oh, it's oh, it's like what is, what is going on here? I can't remember if I'm thinking of of that series or the 92 series, but Fester's voice. Uh, I wish I could remember. No, I think it's the 92, but like Fester's voice sounds so much like the uh, the 64 series actors. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. In the uh, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll we'll probably get to it pretty quick here. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine but, so. Uh, the, the, uh, the that was Rip Taylor. It did Fester's voice in, in the 92 one. I read that too, but I don't know who Rip Taylor is. He's that flamboyant guy that likes throwing oh. confetti and has the the big mustache. And he was on like Match Game occasionally. And uh, uh, what else was he in? Oh, I feel he was like in Wayne's it. World. Was it Wayne's World or Wayne's World Two? He was in one of those. I feel like I've gotten Rip Taylor and Gary Glitter like completely mixed up with each other. That's that's forgivable. That yeah. makes some sense. Yeah, and later on, did he have kind of a rasp to his voice? Yes, he did. Okay, he yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it didn't, it, like, because when I read Rip Taylor, I was like, ah, it's not Rip Torn, so I don't know. And I was sitting here thinking, like, uh-oh, does he have him mixed up with Rip Torn? Is, is this going to be a weird moment? No, yeah, oh, Rip, Rip Torn is not a mustachioed man that throws confetti. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> not on screen. Uh, yeah. But in 1977, we had a TV film. Uh, called Halloween with the New Adams Family, which had John Astin and Carolyn Jones from yeah. the original series. I don't think I ever saw that. Me either. And it was in color, apparently. Yeah. And I was reading the cast, and apparently they had the original Wednesday and Pugsley, but they were listed as Wednesday and Pugsley Sr., respectively. And then they had other act actors playing Wednesday and Pugsley Jr. Well, it's the new Adams family, so maybe it's like the next generation. Yeah, like, do they have kids, even though it's only 10 years later? I mean, that's a lot for kids, I guess. I guess. But if they were like, say, eight and 10. The 70s, you'd be have kids <laughs> at 18. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the laws were different back then. You could be starting families earlier. And Pugsley was the older one, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Wednesday could have a kid at 18. Why not? I guess. Yeah. I guess if it's a baby, baby. 
Hmm. If she's got like an eight-year-old, then it's weird. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've, I've never seen, I saw that and I was like, oh, I want to watch that. I just didn't have time to try and dig it up and watch it. Uh, I, I, cho- I chose poorly and watched something much worse that we'll get to later. Oh, awesome. Oh, in the 73 cartoon, they, they got the voices of Jackie Coogan and Ted uh, Cassidy back for that, for the 70, 73 one. Who was Jackie Coogan? He was Fester. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, oh, so maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And that, maybe that's why he sounded so much like the original Fester. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, he was the original <laughs> Fester. Yeah, he, I guess he was a child actor in like the 30s. See, that's why the name sounded so familiar. Was he one of the little rascals or some shit? Well, I know Jackie Cooper was. But. Oh, I don't know. But there's a law called uh, like Coogan's Law that makes it like illegal to spend all your child actors money. That was named after him because his parents spent up every fucking dime of his earnings as a kid. Man, and, totally and you hear that even like, I wonder when that law was enacted because like, I, I remember hearing shit like that about like, I feel like Frankie Muniz, like he, he got like emancipated be, for that reason. And like Macaulay Culkin, maybe. I mean, just cause it's illegal doesn't mean parents aren't going to do true. it. They still have access to all the money. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, try to, try to sue me you little shit. I'm the one paying your lawyer. <laughs> Um, so that brings us up to 1991's uh, Adam's Family. Yeah, let's do the 92 cartoon first. Okay. Just because let's get we get that over real quick. And then maybe take a break. The 92 cartoon, uh, it's not great. It's, it is not great. It's better than the 73 one. Yeah. I had a similar problem with both of them in that I couldn't finish an entire episode. Yeah, they're both a little tough. It had John Aston as Gomez again. Did it? Because I was yeah. I was sitting there going like, wow, this guy's really doing like a John Aston take. And then, so that's why I was questioning if, if um, the guy was trying to do an old Fester impression, if they were just really going back to the TV show. I mean, that's like the best part about that show is that uh, that sold Gomez for me because yeah. that it was him. Uh, and it had, uh, Rob Paulson was like the, the neighbor that got irritated. Like I remember watching, I was like, Hey, that's Yakko. Awesome. <laughs> oh, Hey, that's Raphael. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but. I disagree. I mean, I'd rather watch it than he man. Oh, fuck off. No way. Like I would put it on par with like the Beetlejuice cartoon. Well, no, I think Beetlejuice is a bit better, but it I liked the Beetlejuice same cartoon. Same era, yeah. Okay, so here's my problem with the Adams Family cartoon is that they took they took away the subtlety of yes. of the original series. That's so for like kids, kids they, don't do subtlety well. I know, but they actually had like Wednesday look out and and like act bummed. She looks out a window. They're bummed. They're like, oh, what's wrong? She's like, the sky is in azure blue, and it's. Is a oh, it's so it makes me feel so horrible, and they're like, yeah, the weather sure is terrible. Like, like they just they went too extreme with it. Like, um, let's see, what was another example? Like, like no, because Gomez putting himself in a straight jacket to get a kink in his back was pretty fun, but but it was just like it was just extremes where like where like they instead of instead of just saying like oh you know uh, what a it's a bright sunny day how awful or something like moving on they're just like they're like hitting you over the head with it or or you know like they're just like instead of saying like have a great day they're like have an awful day it's like you don't need that like there there's no subtlety in that like it's it's obnoxious yeah i i mean i i could see that i think that's a sign of the children's programming side of the adams family yeah it's just they because they they take away some of the macabre and they replace it with uh, just really on the nose parody. Yeah, early nineties. Yeah, the know. animation was kind of funky in that one too. Like people's arms like stretch. Like it was. Oh yeah. It was just 
weird. It was, I mean, it was kind of normal for the time, I guess, but it was just uh, Beetlejuice was kind of the same. That, way. That's what I was just going to say. Like the design and the animation style reminded me a lot of the Beetlejuice. It surprised me if they were done by the same studio. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's awful, but you don't need to go back and watch that. Go no. back and watch the, the 64 TV show. I have no intention of it. <laughs> and I, I think I remember being a kid and, and seeing it and just being like, what the fuck is this? Because it doesn't have the same aesthetic as the movies that I was currently loving. Or, you know, I guess the one movie that I was currently loving. Yeah, it is. It is because it was more of a callback to the show, mm -hmm. to the, the original TV show. And... Uh, didn't feel like the movie at all. Yeah. It, it, the design, the character designs were closer to the comic strip. I mean, Beetlejuice was kind of the same way. They took Beetlejuice and kidified it. And yeah. Going to the neither world. Yeah. Which, which is weird because I mean, same thing, late eighties, early nineties, make a kid's show out absolutely everything. The Adams family is like a family friendly show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beetlejuice is a, is a very odd one to, yeah, it's not as odd as RoboCop but or Rambo. It, it's still Still not a kid's movie at all. <laughs> a terrible question, but we're three years in. Did we do an episode on Beetlejuice yet? No, we haven't. Okay, we really need to. Yeah, I know we do. Okay, so what about a break? You want to do that? Yeah, let's do that, and then we'll get into the uh, resurrection of the Adams family. Yeah. Second life. The real, the real meat. It's great. We get to have these high highs and then just like gloss over some bullshit. There's some bullshit. <laughs> all right, we'll be back. <laughs> Hello! Check out our podcast, Grand Rapidians Play Video Games. Every episode we review a beer, talk about games we play, and recommend a podcast or something else. I'm Willie, I'm not your normal beer snob. I've been to more than 150 different breweries, but I always keep hams in the fridge. <laughs> I'm Ginger, and I am in the first Guinness World Record Book video game edition on the Tetris page. I'm Simon, and I can usually kick their butt in most video <laughs> games. We drink while we record. <laughs> Fuck yes, we do. <laughs> find us wherever you find podcasts and enjoy. Welcome back, John. Oh, son of a bitch. You didn't say recording. I, I, was, I was ready to get it. Uh, hey, thank you for welcoming me back. Uh, welcome back to you as well, Sewer. Sewer? Sewer? Sir. Oh, calling me a sewer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Such oh, insults. Oh, boy. And here's where the episode goes down. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we're ready to talk uh, big guns here. Yeah. 1991's The Adams Family. Yeah, the one that is most important to the two of us from what it sounds like. Um, this was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld in, I only realized recently, his directorial debut. Yes, it was. Apparently he was a cinematographer, uh, director of photography on other, uh, on other pictures. And uh, he got his shot here. And I think he got that shot because both Tim Burton and Terry Gillum turned it down. Yeah. Which uh, both of those guys... Would have been a good match for this flick, I think. Like, I, I could see why they were reaching out to them. Yeah, yeah. They both have a certain style that would go really well. I mean, and Tim Burton at this point would be doing Edward Scissorhands, I believe, because it was between the Batmans. Yeah. So um, I understand why he had a little much on his plate. He was a brand new hotshot. Uh, personally, I think I'm kind of glad that Tim Burton didn't take it. Because though his aesthetic seems like it would fit really well, you know, knowing what I know of Tim Burton now, he would have Burtonified it. 
Like he would, I think it might've distracted from the property itself because of all the Tim Burton in your face. See, I, I would agree with that now. Like I'm, I'm not looking forward to what he's doing with, uh, with the Wednesday oh, series. Yeah, we'll Cause get he's to that, at least, I think. yeah, executive oh, producing. But when I think about 1990, Tim Burton, like the Tim Burton who made Edward Scissorhands, I think he would have made a pretty fucking good Adams family personally. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm judging him by current Tim Burton. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like post like 1994, Tim Burton. I'm not interested in seeing that. It would it be like after nightmare before Christmas, maybe. Yeah. Or like, you know, cause what was it like? I think big fish was like the last good original thing he did and it wasn't even great. I don't I don't have my uh, my Tim Burton timeline up in front of me. I could get one real quick. No. <laughs> Terry Gillum would have been an interesting choice though. Yeah. He's he's all over the place. He can he's done a bunch of different stuff and I like a lot of it. So. Yeah, it it would have been it would have been kooky for sure. Yes, it might have been a bit more weird than it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I guess uh Barry Sonnenfeld was, uh, he was the one that kind of pushed for the, you know, Fester is coming in and, and is an imposter plot line. Yeah. Because that wasn't in the original script. Yeah. And along those lines, um, reportedly, the movie was originally supposed to end with a big question mark as yeah. to whether or not that was the real Fester. And from what I understand, they, uh, they went ahead and got the the cutest little little charismatic member of the cast, uh, Christina Ricci, to go to Barry Sonnenfeld and ask him to make a happy ending, you know, where where it actually is fester. And um, you know, I don't I don't know how I feel. I I mean I think I'd I'd feel fairly indifferent about it. Like it it works either way. Yeah. I I mean I think it closes it up better for the sequel mm -hmm. with Fester being a part of the family now. Yeah, but imagine the Adams family and how weird everything is. And even if they ended the first one with like, is this fester? Is it not? We don't know. I think in the world of the Adams family, it doesn't matter. Like you wouldn't even have to address it in the second one. It, it just is fester now. Yeah, that's true. I could see that. But, you know, I did like it. So we had, we had Raul Julia as Gomez. And like I've said, like he is my Gomez. That man, even though I've only really seen him in these two flicks and like, Street Fighter when he played M. Bison. Ooh. That's an odd casting choice. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, you know, he he was brilliant. He made the role for me. He is so charismatic and so um just he's a fully developed character. Like I I love his Gomez with all of my heart. And like I said it, er, before, he like he's more emotional. His emotional outbursts and his mm -hmm. swings from highs to low works so well even though it's a it's a big departure from the adams family before this movie but it works and it it's engaging and it endears the character to you yeah and i i love his plays uh with angelica houston's morticia who personally like i know angelica houston is a beautiful woman but she's also like you know if, if you if you read old british fiction especially like they refer to women as like she's a very handsome woman you know, like, like it's, it's a different kind of woman. Like Carolyn Jones in the series was a, a beautiful, More traditional you know, beauty. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like Angelica Houston is a very regal, like handsome woman. I think regal is the right word. She's got that, uh, you know, maybe it, you know, 
bred from good stock, maybe inbred over over some very long period <laughs> oh, no. of time. Oh, no, know? this is taking there's a turn. Been, you know, there's probably some uncles or something in there, you know, because, you know, you got to stay within the royal lines. Mm-hmm. So you kind of end up with that royal face. But uh, she's a lovely woman. I, when I Googled her to, to look something up and uh, saw a picture of her now. Holy shit. Wow. Take it easy. <laughs> I mean, she... Did not age gracefully. Everybody ages. Um, well, yeah. 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 That's why, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm glad we can start out kind of ugly and then uh, we don't have that far <laughs> yeah. to fall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All I'm getting is is a little bit balder and a little bit fatter as time goes by. Oh, boy. Never mind. You know, having grown up with the with these movies, like I'm used to the whole like you know, Caramia, like Mon Cher, like the French speaking and like the kissing up the arm and like and every chance they're just like getting horny for each other, like yeah, holy shit, like they turned that up. I was glad to see that in the original show, but like man, they they really ran with that one. It was great, like even to the point to where you know when she's like strapped up to get you know <laughs> killed or yeah. something, you know, and 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 he's like. It was like, oh, red hot pokers, and oh, and they're they're like, you know, just like later, <laughs> yeah, and and even even in the, in that moment, like after we've had the entire movie of them doing that, like finally somebody calls it out, like breaking the fourth wall. It's like enough of that, like stop it. It's almost like a record scratch, and like, oh shit, oh yeah, that's right, we're in this situation right now. Um, oh, but with Raul Julia's emotional outbursts, like one of my favorites is when he's on the uh, the couch uh, yeah. with with Pinderslas, and he's like. I would speak with Fester if that was Fester, but that's not Fester. I got to step back from the microphone. He's like, he's an impostor. An, an impostor. You know, like, it's, it's so great. And it's all in, it's, it's all in a wonder, you know, it's just yeah. in one shot and he can, he can just turn it on and turn it off. Cuts to Fester on the other side, like jumping and all, <laughs> all like, like he's scared. Yeah. To which point, I, I mean, I thought Christopher Lloyd killed it as Fester too. Like he, he played a very, I mean, he played not Fester cause he was, you know, for most of the movie, he wasn't, he was someone pretending to be Fester. Yeah. And, uh. Why am I spacing on his name? What did Pinderschloss name him? Uh. It wasn't like Duncan. It was, it was a. Like Milton or like oh, a. Oh, 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 I uh, thought I. Gordon. Gordon. Yes. Woo-hoo, it was Gordon. Wow. I think it's probably the most physical role I've seen Christopher Lloyd play. And he, d- he did a good job at it. Like, I mean, he's like jumping and being all excited and, and moving around a lot. And, yeah. uh. I mean, he moved around a good bit as, as Doc in the Back to the Future movies, but not like this. Yeah, this is like extreme Doc, where he like hunches over and like and like waggles his fingers around, like like yeah. yeah. It, you know, it was almost too much for me at times, but I feel like I appreciate it more after having watched the original series and seeing, you know, what a goofy stooge. Um, sorry, I'm keep, I'm going to keep using the term stooge because it seemed like he fit in with like the three stooges. I think that was probably deliberate. Oh yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I think there was definitely some amount of curly that went into the original Fester. Yeah, yeah, for sure, especially with that voice. Yeah, no kidding, and the bald head. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd. I mean, he is a treasure. He's yeah. so good at what he does. And, um, it was weird seeing him so like thickened up in everything he was wearing. Like, yeah, he was, he was a man of, of girth in this. Well, yeah. Know? They wanted to make him look like a big dude. Like at the, at the beginning when he fucking picks dude up by his neck and then just like flips him on the yeah. wall. <laughs> like fucking Tully. Like, damn. I mean, the casting in this movie overall was pretty well spot on. I don't think I had a single 
problem with anybody that they cast. Like the, the Pinderschloss lady was a little over the top. I think that was deliberate because she's trying to play some character and, and she, I think she was supposed to be like anyone else would look at her and be like, this is total horseshit, right? That yeah. German accent's terrible. But, it fit. But they are eating it up. You know, I don't know where this came from, but it just popped in my head. Like she, I, I feel like she is the equivalent of like the mother of Crisp in Kindergarten Cop, you know, but, but put in a movie as extreme and as weird as Adam's family. <laughs> like she's got like the same role where she's like the overbearing mother who's like the mastermind and isn't afraid to get her hands dirty. But like in, in a movie like Adam's family, which is so weird already, you know, that, that she's just extra weird for that. And it works. Yeah. She reminded me of uh, Ma whatever from Goonies too. Oh yeah. Ma Fratelli. Mama Fratelli. Fratelli. Yeah. Mama Fratelli. <laughs> yep. Same kind of character. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it, traditionally the kids had not been, were like, we're not great actors in the original show. Uh, but, uh, both the kids in the, I mean, Christina Ricci and, uh, whoever the fuck played Pugsley. I don't know his name. Yeah. I don't remember his name either. I, I looked at it. He didn't do much after either. You know, I, I think he's, he's gotten behind the camera. Uh, he did a good job, but I mean, clearly Christina Ricci was carrying the, the kid side of the acting on this one. Christina Ricci is brilliant in this role. And, and I mean in both in both of the movies she was in like she is so so fucking good like beyond her years she does a great job at the acting but she sells the character as both you know creepy and and macabre while simultaneously being like sympathetic and and kind of sweet and innocent which uh is not uh, I, I don't imagine is super easy to do and is you know is a good view of what wednesday adams is one of my favorite bits from her in that entire movie, like even though like her Shakespeare thing when they're, when oh, they're having the play is so brilliant. That scene is probably one of my favorites in the movie. Yeah. It is beautiful. Yeah. I love how long the blood just keeps spraying. It's out. like a Guar concert. <laughs> it's like fucking it everyone's stop. covered. In, like they're lying on the ground and it's still rushing out of them. Yeah. Oh. I, I enjoyed it more this time than I even did before. And I, and I've known about it for years. I've, you know, like I'm, I know exactly what's going to happen, but it, I appreciated it so much. Um, but my, I think my favorite moment with her in this entire movie is when, so Fester, for those who have, well, I, I don't know, fucking, if you haven't seen it, go see it, yeah. whatever. But, um, with the whole mystery of Fester, you know, like she's skeptical. And there's a moment when Fester, you know, sort of hears something out in the hallway when he's in his bedroom and he like opens the door and she's across <laughs> the hallway and, look, and just staring. Yeah. And it like goes, it goes back to Fester. Like he's sort of looking at her like what? And then it goes back to her and she's just got this minute, like slight little head turn and like her facial expression doesn't even change. But man, I'm getting chills even talking about it. Like. It communicates so much in that little moment. Yeah, and I'm I fucking wonder, onto you. Yeah. Like I wonder who it was who came up with that, wh whether that was her that just did it in the moment or if somebody directed her to do it, but it is so effective. And I'm just like, man, like this little, this little friggin' what 11 year old girl at the time or yeah, something, probably you know, is, something around there yeah. is so, so brilliant. Yeah. And, and, uh, woo, ah, yeah. Gives me chills. And like, it, it had the same effect on me that it did on Fester in the moment and for a movie to do that is a big deal like that's a yeah. that's a very good moment it, i mean it probably didn't hurt her too that like she was definitely my first 
like celebrity crush when oh, I was a kid. Adam's family values. Oh man. Yeah. Yep. Holy crap. I, like it feels, I, I think I even made a note at some point, like be careful the way you're talking about, you know, a 13 year old girl. Because, because, <laughs> no shit. Because right? it's like, it's like, you know, yeah. At the time when I was 11 years old and she was 13, like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, first, first time a girl made my heart go thump, thump, thump. Uh huh. The image of her, like with the uh, the like the Indian dress on, ho- holding the match and the fire behind yep. her, smiling. That's that is seared into my memory mm-hmm. and, and will never leave. <laughs> and I loved the uh, the dynamic between Wednesday and Pugsley. How it was like they are constantly trying to kill each other. Yes. Like, like like it opens with like uh, with Christina Ricci, like it has like a crossbow and she's gonna shoot a apple that's. In, in Pugsley's mouth. mouth, you know, and, and they're chasing each other with axes and they're playing a, a game with an electric chair called, is there a God? But somehow it's played off so innocently. Like, like it's, it's the brilliance of, of, of the old thing. Like it, this is totally wild, but they're playing it off as if it's normal. It's completely normal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like when she's walking by and she's got the, the knife in her hand in the first one and Mortis is like, is that for your brother? Hands over and she gives her like the big fucking two-handed cleaver. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fucking it's wonderful. And and I thought the the plot with someone impersonating Fester and trying to infiltrate the family was a good that was a good vehicle for an Adams family movie. Like that was it was a good move to try and get someone new into the house in a way that, you know, you could introduce the audience to the family to a degree they could be the fish out of water that's like what the fuck these people are insane but not but having you know it be someone impersonating fester they have to be in there and they have to get something kept them from just running out of the house which is what they normally did on the show yeah yeah good call like we we got to experience the adams family through the every person on their own turf yeah like like we we didn't i mean even though we did get great scenes with them at a school function and, uh, you know, in the real world to a degree, like it, it was great that we got to experience the house and them living in their element, um, using regular people. And I'd say like 95% of the movie takes place in the house, maybe 90. Cause there's that part where they get kicked out and they have a little bit of time out there. Yeah. But that's about it. There's very little that happens outside the house. And that's the way it should be. Well, yeah, the house is absolutely one of the characters. 100%. And they, they were able to nail the house in this, like, like, you know, looking at the old, the original drawings and everything, like it, it looks like an Adams family house should. Yeah. I, it was definitely a little bit too haunted housey on the inside, like. Too cobwebby. Yeah. Like it was all cobwebby and dirty. And at least on the TV show, like they kept a nice house still like Lurch, Lurch cleaned up after <laughs> But it, it fit. It fit the motif of the movie, and uh, it's a good one. The soundtrack, outside of MC Hammer, also fucking spot on, so by So good. I love that score so much. And that's it. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so do you think you could stretch and call this a Christmas movie, John? No. Like, it starts at Christmas, and uh, there is is it a Christmas pageant they're at? Because the one kid is an elf. They make the, the oh real oh that's right. Which do you know who that kid is? No. Oh shit! Neither did Angelina. She's like he looks familiar. That little kid is the motherfucking raptor kid from Jurassic Park, who talks about them looking like a big chicken. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Like like Tully and his wife's child. Yep. Yeah. The, the kid that gets fucking served by... Uh... Mm-hmm, by Grant. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Who may or may not be Chris Pratt's character. Ooh, movie conspiracy theory. Um, no, I don't think I would call this a Christmas movie. I think that's a stretch. I, I will <laughs> I will entertain the argument of Die Hard being a Christmas movie only because it mean if, if Die Hard is a Christmas movie, that means Batman Returns 100% is a Christmas movie. Yeah, there's a bit more Christmas in both of those. Oh, my goodness. Like, there's Christmas all over Batman Returns. They're talking about mistletoe being deadly if you eat it. It's snowing. Yeah, there's there's like a Christmas fest, like town festival with giant presents in Batman Returns. Shit, get out of here. Oh, I do have a note on uh, in my notes that says slides in movies are the best because when Gomez and, yeah. and Fester are going to the uh, to the vault, I mean they've got a giant slide and it always looks like so much fun. Even though this one just looks like a just goes around, yeah, I mean, a windy slide. I think like when they land at the bottom and you see the slide in the background. I'm pretty sure that's all the taller that slide was. <laughs> yeah, it and goes they, like four feet up. Yeah, and they just did like a hundred slides down it to get all the shots they needed. Which, oh, uh, what a day. If I was Christopher Lloyd and I was like 52 years old, I'd be like, fuck you guys. Like, get me one of those Gremlins electric chairs to, <laughs> to go up to the top. I'm not going up and down this thing that many times. Was he 52 in this I believe filmed? so. Yeah, I think I, I think I saw that God, earlier. Dude, how old is he now? He's like 82 now. Oh my God, don't die. Yeah. Oh, sorry, bud. I, w- I won't put that out there. Like, you know, when we were talking, when uh, my buddy Chris and I were talking about like Stan Lee being up in up in years and he's like, he's going to die soon, dude. I was like, don't you fucking put that out there. Like, he's going to live forever. But if he dies now, it's your fault. Like, I'm not going to do that to Christopher Lloyd because it is my friend Chris's fault that yeah. Stan Lee died. Write him dirty letters. Yeah. <laughs> I loved the, uh, the continuing joke of the finger trap with Tully's wife. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize how long that played, like how long she had it on. Like she, I think she even had like a wardrobe change, like from different scenes, and she's still got that finger trap on. And I love that that's the device that like gives Fester away. Yes. Like that's the moment where everyone's like, okay, this guy's not Uncle Fester. Yeah, and and that that was interesting to have so many of those moments where where you know like. I liked that there was suspicion throughout the entire thing, like even from Gomez, you know, and, and then they'd convince him otherwise. And they're like, oh, of course, you know, of course he's gone. Cause I mean, and, and their, um, their arguments as to, you know, him having amnesia and stuff like it would all make sense. Yeah. So, so it's not so absurd and that, that, you know, Gomez would be trying to look past it, but then he couldn't look past something. And somebody's like, Hey, no, I mean, this happened. He's like, oh. Thank goodness. Oh, Fester, my brother, I love you. I, I'm, I'm, I was so blind, you know, and I love how much he loves Fester, you know, like saying yeah. like he would die for him and he would kill for him. And, I mean, they're the Adams family. Family is super important, mm-hmm. um, which I guess brings us into Adams family values because they've got lots of family values or do you got something else? Uh, let me see. No, nah, everything's just anecdotal. Um, like, Funny little shit like Flora and Fauna, the conjoined twins, like when they're getting picked up from the party with all the freaks in the Adams family, uh, family, they get put into a, like a two person straight jacket. Yeah. Like, things I didn't notice. Um, you know, like the family looks like grossed out at, at breakfast cereal, like something that's totally normal. And they're just like, what the fuck is this for <laughs> breakfast? Not to mention, was this movie sponsored by tricks or what? Like, I don't remember seeing a tricks box, but 
every time there there's cereal, it's tricks. Like there's multiple occurrences oh, of I didn't it. Even and it was the little the little ball tricks, you know, which yeah. is it's funny because that's what we had when we were oh, kids. That was the classic tricks. It wasn't shaped like fruits. Yeah. And then it became shaped like fruits. And then all of a sudden it went back to balls. And then I remember one time seeing a meme on Facebook where it was just like, like, I'm I'm old enough to know when Trix was shaped like fruits. And I remember chiming in at that point. It was like, I remember when Trix was balls before it was shaped like fruits. Like, what the fuck? And I think it's shaped like fruits again. Well, back when it was shaped like kicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fruity kicks. Oh, you know what? Real quick. Thing. Like, the effects that they oh, had yeah. to do for, for Thing to be running around was amazing. Yeah, 91. Yeah. Some of them definitely look a little dated. Yeah. Like, like, I really noticed it when he's, like, hopping across the lily pads when they go to look for Wednesday. Yes. It's like, oh, that looks fake as fuck. But, you know, most of the ones where he's running around the house and running, you know, chasing after the fucking cars and stuff mm -hmm. looked really fucking good yeah. for 1991. Yeah, I remember seeing a documentary on it once, like, years and years ago. Like, probably mid-90s. Like, when this was still fairly new and, like, seeing, like, him like like laying down on a platform as they moved around and they had like a like a little it was like a uh, like a sheet of wood or foam or something that that like you know wrapped around his arm where where they were gonna cut it in post-production and it was really interesting just watching him like move his hand around and stuff because I mean, it's very expressive the one question i have is how does things see oh he always saw how does he hear what yeah, like people talk to him all the time yeah. and he hears that and uh yeah i don't know magic it's strange. <laughs> yeah magic for sure <laughs> i mean he's a he's a disembodied hand so why not i did like that like when he's trying to tell gomez that uh morticia's in trouble he's like trying to do sign language and stuff and it's not working and then he ends up tapping out the morse code like, yeah he dumps out that bowl of tricks yeah to get the spoon <laughs> Oh, and one more thing to touch on, because we, we talked about it uh, with the TV show also, was um, the train scene. Yes. Like, Gomez playing with the trains. I loved how it was, like, rocking the house and, like, all the suspense that builds up. But the best part is when it passes by and there's a miniature human being reading a paper yeah, like on there. And, like, you him. just see giant Gomez face, like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, and then the explosion that rocks everything. Yeah. That movie's great. Um, oh, yeah. If you haven't watched it, fuck are you waiting for go watch it i don't i i honestly don't think we've given away too much oh yeah there's still plenty to enjoy in that movie. yeah i think the end and the way they wrapped it up i don't know like i i almost could have gone for a little more mystery because it was just it was kind of cheese ball i was like ah, i'm never gonna listen to you ever again book but uh but the the immortal line of like are they dead does it matter oh um, okay, sorry. We can go on to values. Sorry for wasting so much, or not. I guess I'm not wasting time. We're talking. Yeah, yeah this is what we're doing. <laughs> sorry for spending so much time making people listen to us talk. Um, yes, I mean, what? Two years later, Adam's Family Values came out. Uh, by the way, both of these movies huge hits. They were very successful. Yep. This one, they they welcome a new member to the Adams Family, as hinted at at the end of the the first one. Yeah. Little baby pubert. Yeah, they finally get, they they dig back into history and, and get to use pubert Adams finally. And I love it. It's their little baby boy who is born with a full head of hair and, and a, a mustache. mustache. Yes. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to rewatch this one, but as I remember, it's, it's a little goofier, but I think it still fits and works. Yeah, I think to a degree, it is very much what we 
don't care for with a lot of sequels. Like it, it does kind of take some elements of the first one and, you know, like Mike Myers them where like, you know, in the beginning with Gomez and Fester, like the brother jokes and the flipping each other around and the knives and everything like it was, it was too reminiscent of the original where it was like, oh, this worked in the original. So let's amplify it now. But I did love how it went to other places, like the kids going to summer camp and the uh, the introduction of Joan Cusack's Black Widow character who um, marries rich men and then murders them. So she sees a target in Fester and becomes their nanny. And that, that was a welcome addition, even though, again, it turned the focus to Fester. But I think maybe it maybe it worked because, you know, it allows Gomez and Morticia to stay exactly who they are. And again, it's another decent vehicle for getting a stranger into the house and having them deal with the family, which is kind of the, the thing that needs to happen. And I was glad, like you said, that they got the kids out of the house and into summer camp. Yeah, that was a a fun way to have the the kids interact with the world. Yeah, out of their element. Like if it was just the Adams family hanging out at home and there was no, you know, normal influence on the house, it it would get a little dull. Yeah, there there would be a very limited scope to what you could do. And in this case, like as opposed to the first one, like Deb comes in played by Joan Cusack and she is in control. You know, like she's manipulating the scene, like getting Fester to to get a boner for her convincing the Adamses to to send Wednesday and Pugsley to summer camp because they're they're on, like of course Wednesday's on to her from the start. Yeah. Oh and you know what one of those uh one of those little quips those little jokes that comes I remember this from the trailer too for Adams Family Values when they're looking at the baby and Gomez says like he ha- he has my father's eyes and Mortish says like Gomez get those out of his mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I love those little fucking lines. Should just looked at my notes earlier. But I love how they, they, the kids go to camp and even the counselors are talking about like, oh, this is a camp for privileged people. And it's just a bunch of white kids. And there's like the other ethnicities and like the nerds and dweebs and stuff. And, and they, they just call it out like they're just fucking outcasts. You know, like they're all sitting on their own part of the bleachers. And then like, you know, there's the popular kids that are, you know, getting the starring roles in the play. And somebody's looking at a, at a, at a like a playboy or a centerfold. And they're just like, Oh no, I think it, it might be fester. And then like Gomez looks at it and they're just like, huh, mom or something like that. It's like, Ooh. <laughs> that's funny. Ooh. That's a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot more flipping and dancing in this one that, you know, again, just went to the sequelitis of it all. Uh, weird thing is you get fester's first sexual experience in this and it's, it's weird. It should be weird. <laughs> I can't imagine it going any other way. Um, and at some point, man, I really should have put more context on these notes. Somebody somebody makes a drink. I think it's Gomez in the morning makes a drink that is egg, vodka, and hot sauce in a snifter glass and just sort of like swishes it around. We've got all that stuff here. If <laughs> no, you want to try like, no. it, Sean. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Oh, I should have been prepared for that. That that might have been fun. Hey, I'm going to make you an Adams Family drink. Oh, I bet that's not as good as yeah, Bond's James Bond Martini, Martini or, or a Twinkie Wiener sandwich. sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. We we haven't struck out yet. All my memories on this movie are like ten years vague. Uh, I remember enjoying it. I I I liked it. What I have in my memories, basically, it was more of the same. It was basically like you liked the Adams Family. Here's more of that. Yeah, here's and, what you uh, love. And that's okay. 
And and they were planning on a third one. Which may have you know been like, okay, I'm getting kind of over this now, and I'm, it might have soured it. But uh, they never got around to make it because Raul Julia died yeah. in 1994. All right, they got a chance to do it. Yeah, I you know I I loved the second one also because like we were saying, like we we were able to expand it a little bit. Like getting Wednesday and Pugsley to the camp was a brilliant idea because otherwise it it would have felt a lot more stale. Yeah, but we got to see them stretch their legs, you know, and like. Like there was a moment where like Wednesday like has an attempt at smiling and it almost looks yes. like it looks like it hurts. <laughs> I remember that um, scene. And then they've got another Brilliant. great play, you know, where they're doing like the the pilgrims and the first feast with the uh with the uh Native Americans and and then they set the whole place on fire and destroy the thing like fucking brilliant. I love it. But one last note on that. I didn't realize or I never knew, but apparently the production designer on this one was none other than Ken Adam, who is, if you remember from our last full episode, he was the man who was responsible for the design aesthetic of James Bond. Oh, really? Like, the legend, Ken Adam. So when, so when I saw that, I was just like, holy shit. Like, that was a great note because it's very well designed. The The house was redesigned on the inside and um, everything was very well done. Nice. That is also a great movie. You should go watch it, even though you don't have to do it for research. All right. So um, now that we're done talking about great movies, <laughs> I think we could touch on a couple stinkers. Well, I've, I think it'll be a, a short conversation. Oh, bo- I, fuck, I hope so. <laughs> so uh, earlier when I mentioned I didn't get to watch Adam's Family Values is because, uh, you know, I've seen that many times in the past. So I was like, you know what? If I got a limited amount of time here, I'm going to check out some stuff I haven't seen. Oh, boy. And so I went and watched part of... I couldn't get through the whole thing as I didn't have time. Uh, the Adams family reunion, uh, the 1998, uh, forgotten turd, <laughs> uh, that starred, uh, none other than Tim Curry as Gomez Adams and Daryl Hannah as Morticia. Yeah. I mean, it's Tim Curry. I can enjoy Tim Curry in about anything. I don't think he, he's not one of the great Gomez's. That's for sure. Really? Um, I meant to at least go and watch a trailer, but there was just too much to consume. He's very Tim Curry. Yeah. I, and I heard his take was was based more off of Raul Julia than it was uh, John Astin. It was very much based off uh, Raul Julia's car- version of Gomez. You know, and, and as I'm watching this, and, and I also watched uh, an episode of The New Adams Family. Yeah, from the same year. Yeah, same year, same production company. Um, it was, uh, a a different, you know, different cast, obviously they were going to get Tim Curry for a fucking TV show, Yeah, which they made like 64 fucking episodes. No, they made 65. Oh yeah. Uh, One more than the original. Which is insane (laughs) because, uh, it's fucking awful. Yeah. Like I'm, I was watching it and like whatever, you know, I wrote, uh, distilled derivative droll late 90s trash <laughs> whoa and uh oh i put it had as a made for cut rate cable aesthetic like i was watching it and like it made me think of like power rangers production quality oh no it's bad and uh <laughs> and then i uh I, I like was watching a thing about it afterwards kind of like getting some background on oh on, no is it saban it is fucking saban <laughs> <laughs> in 1998 Hayam Saban bought the rights to the fucking Adams family <laughs> and made both of the the Adams family reunion and the new Adams family. Wow. To capitalize on it. And it fucking shows. It feels like it was made by him. 
And uh, <laughs> it is not good. Now, in the same place where I read Tim Curry's Gomez was based on um, on Raul Julia's, I read that the the one from the TV show was much more John Aston. Did you did you yeah, feel d- that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, he was trying for as that, much I as think. it could be like that. Yeah, he was. That guy was the worst Gomez. I think. <laughs> oh, he was not good. Didn't look like him. Didn't act like him. I mean, he, he they were going through all the motions. Yeah. Without understanding what they were doing, you know, they're like, uh, that's the problem. You put a mustache on him and, and a pinstripe suit. And then all of a sudden somebody's like, I'm Gomez. Yeah. Mm. And so, I mean, it was, uh, eh. I mean, it, it was, the writing was bad. The acting was not good. The production quality was not, I mean, it was just, it's just bad. Don't watch it. I mean, it's so bad. I'm going like, to watch it. Like Adam's family reunion is not like you, you have to like find a, like a ripped copy of, of the VHS because it's never been released digitally. Really? Yeah. Wow. Cause it sucks. I mean, it's better than the new Adam's family. So if you're going to watch one or the other, I'd go for the movie. At least it, it has Tim Curry. So there's something valuable. And yeah, there's just, Tim Curry. And the same dude that played Lurch in the 91 and, and 93 movies plays Lurch again, which is oh, nice. Okay. So there's some consistency there. He's like the Judy Dench of the franchise because it's supposed to be going in a different direction, but there's some weird hanger on. Yeah. And, well, and I th- the only holdover between the two, uh, the girl that plays Wednesday is the same in both Reunion and the new Adams family. Interesting. She's the only one that made the transition. I mean, she's a kid. She didn't have anything else going on, I presume. Hmm. Oh, shit. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, they're not good. I mean, if you want, if you want to watch something that isn't good, that's Adam's family related, uh, it's on the list. Yeah. If you're a completist, there it is. Uh, speaking of things on the list, but you know, from what I understand, this is pretty good. And, uh, in 2010, I believe they, uh, they debuted a live musical, a Broadway musical based on Adam's family Oh, really? um, that originally starred Nathan Lane as Gomez and oh, B.B. Newworth as uh, Morticia, who was, uh, why can't I remember her name? Frazier's wife on Cheers. Oh, uh, Lilith? Lilith. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I could see her playing Morticia. Like, absolutely. She, yeah, she, she looks like comic strip Morticia. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so okay. why not? I, I, yeah. I didn't get a chance to I mean, uh, look anything up, but apparently it's been very successful. I give... Um, Exactly zero shits about Broadway. <laughs> yeah. And uh, is I presume it's a musical? Yes. Oh, yeah. We were talking about musicals just last night, weren't we? I, uh, I don't... I mean, if I had to go see a musical on Broadway because I was being dragged there and that was one of the options, I, I might go for it. What if they did a live version of that Adams Family song that you hate? Well, it, it, <laughs> like it, acapella. It, I don't know if there's anything you can do to ruin a Broadway musical, John. <laughs> yeah, you can't ruin it more. Yeah, it's it's already... You can't make that shit sandwich taste worse. Yeah, you're not going to dig a hole. <laughs> um, and then also in 2010, there's a canceled stop-motion animation film um, that was supposed to be based on the original drawings by Charles Adams that they were at least hoping for Tim Burton's yeah. involvement. Yeah, I know that was in the works for a while, and it just never came to fruition which would have been i, I mean i would have i would love to have seen I mean, it that's, you know nightmare before christmas style stop motion with the adams family yep fucking i'm in that aesthetic works perfectly for them yep we've also got well i mean should we touch on the the 2019 animated movie i haven't seen them i heard it exists i heard they're crappy um i mean like i said the character design's cool because it calls back to the comics mm-hmm. but from everything i heard i mean they're just like lowest common denominator 
kids movie, you know, like one of the reviews I watched on it said, you know, if you want something in this vein, go watch Hotel Transylvania. It's actually good. This is crap. Oh, like the guy was saying, like, I think kids will be bored with this movie. Oh, no. My seven year old liked it. Yesterday, when I was bored and sitting at home by myself, I thought, should I go see the second one in the theater? Like, I got nothing to do. And then I looked at it. it For the show. It was like 12. Yeah, exactly. I was like, 12 bucks? Nope. (laughs) Not for this. So I I guess uh, in stuff outside of movies, we've got uh, video games. We do have the video games. One of the big ones and one that I owned, I had the cartridge of. And uh, I remember enjoying it when I was a kid. Well, I remember liking owning it at the very least when I was a kid. (laughs) Was uh, Fester's Quest. Yeah. For the Nintendo Entertainment System that came out in 1989. Oh, shit. That may be my first impression, depending on oh, what it fuck, was. Oh, fuck, you might be right. Yeah, same here. Whoa, because oh, uh, yeah, Preston had it when we were kids. Yeah, because I remember getting that. Oh, I can't remember if it was when it came out. I, I, I don't know which one happened first, but it it's possible. Wait, I think I do have to amend it because I remember... The game Fester's Quest and only having a very like cursory understanding of like when you would talk to other members of the of the Adams family. Like it had to have been pre-movie for me. Whoa, shit. Retroactive. And you still First went impression. And saw the movie. That's impressive. <laughs> well, I didn't put much time into it. Like, you know, I I uh I didn't like that game much. I think from what we've said, you liked it a bit. I, well, here, history has proven you right, John. That game is terrible. Oh, shit. Okay. It is fucking <laughs> awful. Like, I th- I considered it for my favorite use in pop culture. I was like, yeah, I had that game. I remember enjoying it. It's like, all right, I'll go back and play some. Oh, you went back and played it. And I remembered all of the things that made me angry. But, like, I remember, like, I started playing it. And I'm like, wait a minute. I remember I didn't get anywhere in this game because it fucking sucks. Yeah. But wh- I played the begin. I played it a bunch of times. And, like, there's, it's hard to figure out what the fuck you're supposed to do. Yeah, like, don't you have to get things from characters, but you, like, can't find them and you don't understand why you're getting this thing from Pugsley or something? There's no, like, on-screen tutorial. You have to read the manual to under- to know how to do anything. Because, like, you get items. And you have a bunch of different items you can get, but you have to select them on your menu. But, I mean, it's just got these enemies. It's got, like, these frogs that jump around and these weird little heads that spit out mosquitoes. And if these mosquitoes sting you, you are half-speeded indefinitely until you use an item that nothing other than the game manual tells you you're supposed to use. And if you don't have one, the game becomes incredibly difficult. (laughs) And it is so fucking dumb. And it's got these weapons upgrades that are upgrades in name only. So, like, when you kill things, like, you'll get, like, light bulbs or money or some stuff. And one of the things you can get, they have it says gun or whip. And they're upgrades to your weapons. The blue ones are upgrades. The red ones are downgrades. Why? Well, you know, that's what I thought at first, too. I was like, why the fuck would you want to downgrade your weapons? Like, other than, like, hey, here's a funny mechanic so that you don't, you know, you don't grab the stuff. Uh, It's because most of the weapon upgrades are hot fucking trash. (laughs) So you get, it starts out with one that, like, waves, like, it's it's like a a serpentine pattern. Mm -hmm. And so, like... It's cool because it hits a wider area, but like if something's running at you, sometimes it'll just go around the thing that's running at you, which is really frustrating. <laughs> like a Medusa head in Castlevania. Yeah. And then after that, you get one that's like a circle that, that comes out like this. The weird thing is these don't... Wait, what's like this for our, for our non-visible like like listeners? It's like a, a flat... Like a spiral? Spiral. Yeah, except it's, it's a top view game. 
and it's it comes out like circle concentric circles that are going away from each other like a spirograph going away kind of yeah yeah yes and so to make that work and to have the center of that beam shoot away from you it comes out like the side of you at a 45 like one side of you at a 45 degree angle and then loops around okay and the game is full like you have to spend half the game in the sewers where you're in tight fucking passages so when you go to shoot it just shoots directly into the wall and, and doesn't continue. And doesn't continue. <laughs> so, the whole time you're in there, you're you're struggling to try and like position yourself in a way that your 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 gun actually fires somewhere. And then the one after that is one that's even wider, so it covers a bigger area, but it's completely fucking useless in any sort of hallway. <laughs> and it's just it's it's maddening until you get to the final one, which is actually good, and it is definitely the best weapon in the game. The level eight upgrade. Oh shit. But then it doesn't drop any upgrades. So like you're going through these small passages and like one of the gun downgrades is sitting there and you just have to stand there and wait for it to fade away so that you don't accidentally pick it up. Yeah. It, uh, it's just, it, it's poorly made. <laughs> it's stupid. It's not fun. Fuck this game. It sucks. <laughs> well, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but I, I I remember watching Preston's family play it. Like, I didn't own it, but they sure did. Yeah. I mean, and, I guess, uh, so the plot is aliens come to the planet, and for some reason, Uncle Fester's got to kill them. All He's right. He's got to save the day. That's yeah. it. Wow. Well, other than that, we also had uh, Adam's Family Games for, you know, based on the movie for, uh, you know, the 16-bit and 8-bit systems yeah, of the Super time. Super Nintendo. I remember the Super Nintendo one. It was like See, a platformer, right? I never, yeah, I remember seeing it, but I never played it. I never played, I mean, to be honest, I've never played an Adam's Family game. So, like, I have a list of Adam's Family games in front of me. There was Pugley's, Pugsley's Scavenger Hunt. Is that Game Boy? Um, that one was for... Released in 1992 and 90, oh, 93 in North America. It was for, oh, Super NES, Game Boy, and NES. Yeah, I think yeah. I played that on the Game Boy. Wow, so you're the expert. Shit. I, yeah, I, I don't remember much outside of having that cartridge for a while and playing it. I which saw is, it. Which is kind of what I remembered about Fester's Quest, so I'm not excited to go back and play it because uh, that was, you know, Fester's Quest ruined any fond memories I'd had of it. Yeah, look, uh, based on the, at least the Nintendo box art, it could it looks like it could have been based on the cartoon from 92. Oh, yeah, I'd believe that. that... Um, there was also a New Adams Family uh, game from uh, for Game Boy Color in uh, 2001. There was Adams Family Mystery Mansion uh, released in uh, 2019 on uh, mobile. Interesting. I wonder if yeah. that's like a seventh guest clone. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Man, the new Adams Family had to have been at least reasonably popular with somebody if it went for two full seasons and got a video game tie-in. Or maybe just Saban really just knows how to make money off of crappy stuff. Yeah, I mean, he, he knows how to, how to work a fucking deal for sure. Yeah, that he does. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've, I have not played any of these. Wow, did we do it? Do we go to structure now? Yeah. Okay, shit. Got a favorite use in pop culture? I sure do. What you got? I started with Fester's Quest and realized that that's definitely not my favorite use in pop culture. Mm -hmm. And so I, I kind of had to plumb the depths and then I remembered something and I was like, oh yeah, that's it. The Adams Family Pinball Machine. Oh shit. Good call. That machine, uh, like that and T2 are probably my two favorite fucking pinball machines ever. And I think, 
when I was looking it up, because I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I, let me let me see if I can find anything interesting on this thing. It was up until recently the most widely sold pinball machine in existence. No shit. Yeah. That's a good machine. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's got like the, you know, it's the art from the, the 91 movie mm-hmm. on, on the face of it. The, what is it called? The field? Is that the right terminology? For I would it? believe it if yeah. somebody called it that. That's what I'm calling it. Yeah. The the field is like a kind of a, a mock-up of the uh, of the mansion. It's got like stairs you can go up. It's got the little electric chair that you can go underneath. Mm-hmm. When you get locked for multi-ball, when you finally accomplish whatever it is you got to accomplish to get the multi-ball thing, his hand comes out and grabs the ball and pulls it back into his box until you hit the multi-ball thing and then it gets spit back out. It was made by Bally and... Uh, it was just a fucking fun game. It had the, you know, the two non-symmetrical side flappers that are like, uh, you know, there was one like on the yeah. low on the left and one high on the right. And uh, it was just a solid pinball machine. It would uh, oh man shoot movie quotes at you the whole time. Yeah. It's just a beautiful looking oh. machine and it was fun to play. And it, it just had all these different references about like, you know, grandma, grandma's attic and, uh, you know, and cousin it. And like, it had the little, you know, the old LED or... Yeah, the, yeah, the old LED screen, you know, where it'd have like graphic animations of like thing running across. And yeah. It's just peak pinball for me. And I put a lot of coins into that machine at the mineshaft. Damn, that's a good call. I, I remember um, the Supercade had it also. Yeah. Oh, wow. Man, looking at these pictures, I, yeah, that was a good machine. Um, well, my favorite use in pop culture, I may be taking some liberties with it. So the way I figure, Pop culture definitely includes cosplay, right? Okay, yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely part of pop culture. I don't know if if cosplay as a whole or, or cosplayers consider Halloween cosplay because... Sure. Okay. All right. If I'm, they I'm, don't, I do. Fine. I like your approval. So my favorite use in pop culture was... Uh, uh, well, let me preface this with... There's a lot of shitty fucking cosplay. I hate that fucking gangster costume that's in every spirit store that somebody throws on. It's ill-fitting. They're like, I'm Gomez. Like I was referring to earlier. But um, let's see. Probably about six, seven years ago now, I was working in a restaurant, a barbecue place that I'd been for far too long. And my coworkers decided we were going to do a themed uh, costume thing. And they invited me to be a part of the Adams Family. Awesome. I don't know why I put the emphasis in such a weird place, but I'm a tall man. And at the time I was very thin. That was, that was at like the peak of my weight loss to the point where like going back, I don't think I would want to be that thin. I'd want to be like 10 pounds heavier. It was, I, I was like the same weight I was like senior year in high school. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I, I had, so, I mean, it was perfect for lurch because I, I was, I was a skinny motherfucker. So I did my makeup and got the shading on my cheeks and under my eyes and, you know, made my face all pale and gelled my hair down. And, and, um, I even like cut a jacket that was, uh, you know, into like a waistcoat sort of thing and made my own costume. We had Travis playing Gomez, Jen, uh, playing Morticia, Devin, regular listener of the show for, for all these years. She was uh, Wednesday. And then we had our buddy Kyle as Pugsley. And then we even had uh, Michelle playing Grandmama. And um, everybody put some good work into their costume. I mean, well, I don't want to talk shit about, about 
any costumes that maybe you know weren't weren't quite as good most of the people put the effort in yeah yeah the people like Devin who put effort in know who i'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then Devin even had like a little like severed hand prop that that like stood on the fingers so like so we put it on like a serving tray and i would walk around with it you know so it was like things yeah it was really great and i'd walk up to tables and go you rang, you know, I can't get that low. You rang, oh, yeah, yeah. but it was, it was so much fun. It was such a hit. Like, like I was trying not to speak to my tables, you know, like, like to try to stay in, in like, you know, cause I had nineties lurch in my head. Um, but yeah, that, that cosplay was a lot of fun. Everybody, every, everybody looked at least pretty fucking good. And then, and then some people looked great. Nice. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Sorry for my self-serving favorite use in pop no, culture. No, that's cool as fuck. It was it was a good time outside of media consumption. Hell yeah, done. A- anyone is Wednesday one year for Halloween. I could see your daughter even just in attitude. Oh, totally <laughs> playing Wednesday. She needs to get a wig though. Yeah, because you got to have those pigtails, the braids. Before we we close things out here, do we want to chat briefly about the uh, the future of the Adams family? Yeah, I I mean, I don't know if I have anything more to say than what we've said in the past, so we could we could retouch on it. Yeah, so uh Tim Burton is going to be doing a Wednesday series, which I should be excited about cuz Tim Burton is, has traditionally been good and Wednesday's probably one of my favorite characters from this series. Yeah. Uh, until I read, which I think we mentioned before, but until I read the synopsis of the plot, Wednesday Adams' misadventures as a student at Nevermore Academy, a very unique boarding school, snuggled in deepest New England. Wednesday attempts to master her emerging psychic ability, thwart a monstrous killing spree that has terrorized the local town, and solve the supernatural mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago, all while navigating her new and very tangled relationships at Nevermore. Fucking barf. It sounds like a CW show. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I owe it to the property to watch the first episode, but I don't want to. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely watch it. I won't be watching it with an open mind. So eat yeah. shit. I mean, the, the actress whose name I can't remember right now playing Wednesday. Jenna she's, Ortega. Yeah. She is very talented. I, I, I saw her, uh, She's been in a couple of things I've seen, but the one that I remember most was season two of Her on Netflix. Oh, okay. And she is so fucking good. Like she has to, she has to put a range of emotions out in that show and she does it very well. Well, good. She won't need that big of a range for this show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, you never know. Maybe they're going to give Wednesday emotions, but I'd heard, I, I've heard that, uh, that, Luis Guzman is it's playing Gomez, Gomez and which is what I don't like. Like, I guess I get it. You know, kind of looks. No, not even that. No, I don't like it. No, I, I don't think he matches looks wise. I don't think I just I can't see him playing Gomez either. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe he can do it. I don't know. But uh, boy, that is not expected. Catherine Zeta Jones is uh, going to be right. Morticia. And like, OK, I can see that. Yeah, she's gorgeous. She'll do it. Yeah. She's a good actress. Yeah, she can pull it off. I don't know, man. Guzman just, he doesn't, th- nothing about him says anything about any Gomez I've seen anywhere. And, you know, maybe he's got a great take, but. Not that I've seen. And yeah. I'm kind of curious how old she's supposed to be. Is this like supposed to be high school? I mean, I think, I think the girl herself is, yeah, like 
mid late teens. Yeah, well, I think Jenna Ortega's nineteen. Oh, okay. So she's like late high school. The part that really confused me is like, is like I, they looked at who they cast for Pugsley, and I couldn't figure out his age because he is very much a child. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're just mixing it up for that, making him the Where young one. Where's his name? He was, uh, I, but I think he's like eleven, mm. which is uh, weird for her older brother. But uh, anyway, I guess maybe he's not an older brother anymore. Yeah, yeah. I looked up his thing. He was a body double for the young boy in the Wrinkle in Time movie. Okay. So he's he's about the age of that kid. <laughs> All right. But uh, yeah, so um, ugh. I mean, <laughs> yeah. is it going to be worse than the new Adams family? Probably <laughs> not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it'll be a different kind of bad. Yeah, it'll be a different flavor of, of uh, syrup on your shit sandwich. Yeah, oh, one other thing that I ran into while I was uh, scouring YouTube for clips of Adam's Family cartoons was uh, there was a web series put out by a girl named Melissa Hunter called Adult Wednesday Adams. Oh, I did read in, the like, title. 2016, I yeah. think it was. And uh, she, she did, I think, 13 episodes before the Adams estate told her to fucking cut it out. Yeah, the C&D. But uh, it's, it's pretty good. They're like little three-minute mini episodes. Uh, you could tell she's got a lot of love for the character and understands who Wednesday Adams is, unlike Tim Burton. <laughs> and yeah, they're, they're, they're fun. They're, I mean, they're maybe shit since they're like three minutes each and there's 12 of them. It's, you know, you could knock it out in less than an hour. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're worth checking out though. You, they're not on her channel anymore. They're on, like, I noticed afterwards that they were on someone else's channel because she got hit with a cease and desist so she can't have them on her channel Shit. so someone else has reposted them it's like house of cosby's all over again yeah oh house of cosby's uh i, I, <laughs> I know yeah can, no, let's... can i go check that out i want to watch that shit again <laughs> yeah. yep 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 yep, yep. uh-huh uh-huh mm -hmm. so john uh you got a one word review i do is it uh, kooky no <laughs> what's funny is like you know doing the whole thesaurus.com thing you put in like creepy and then it comes up with like mysterious spooky eerie you know so like, turns out vic mizzy already did that yeah yeah um the one i'm going with is uh along the same lines but it is oddball okay yeah because it it i mean it kind of speaks for itself it fits this this is every every bit of this property from either production or from story is oddball so everything about it is odd and strange and I love it. And that's it. My shortest final <laughs> thoughts ever. I mean, what? I've been I've been talking for almost two yeah. hours about everything that's, that I that I want to say. You that's know, and, and fair. I couldn't come up with a word that was bigger, you know, and like and like, like more like more elegant and uh and uh all encompassing. So yep, that's what it is. Oddball and it's great. It's good. I like it. It's near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah, so I went with subversive in the sense that like that's that's the core of this property is that they are kind of subverting and questioning, you know, what is beauty, what mm -hmm. is good, what is bad, and, you know, they're what is joyful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what, yeah, what what kinds of things bring you joy, and why? Well, you know, like the the original show, especially like you go through it, and I mean, it is. It's doing it in a, in a jovial and fun and non-threatening way, which is, is one of the good ways to subvert things. But it, it, it is questioning 
Like, so what is it that you value? Like, wh- why uh, do you find roses prettier than their stems? Yeah. You know, it's not trying to get you to prefer your roses headless. Yeah, it's not saying leave it to beaver sucks because they have the more traditional values, yeah. but saying like, oh, we can have different values and still have as much joy as leave it to beaver. Wow, you did what I was trying to do and what I failed to do. <laughs> it was a good antipode to leave it to beaver, you know, where leave it to beaver is just saccharine. And I don't want to watch leave it to beaver because it's it's just like, oh, gee, golly. Oh, shucks, Ben. Why not? Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm so sorry that I pooped on your lawn. Except they <laughs> they'd never do anything that cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. But the Adams family, it, it's a bit of satire on that to a degree, you know, saying, you know, the, like the folks that come over and uh, visit the Adams family and run away screaming are the fucking cleavers. They're stand-ins for the cleavers. And uh, it's still fun to watch that. Whereas, like, I have a hard time watching Andy Griffith. I'm, I can't get into that, but I, I love the shit out of some Adams family. Yeah. It's aged very well. Whereas that saccharine value signaling you know, here's what America is and and all TV has to be, you know, has to kind of reflect the America that we like to pretend exists is what most of what was on TV at that point. And this, you know, through the guy, you know, the guys of comedy was able to kind of poke some holes in that and poke fun at it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and do some things that you couldn't get away with on Andy Griffith. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why it's stuck in the American psyche. Yeah, it can sort of like, because every every generation since then has had, like, there's always been some sort of Adams Family in production somewhere. And, and it it is a concept that can adapt to whatever is currently happening. And maybe that's why we don't like the newer stuff. You know, maybe maybe kids do like the newer stuff, but it but it's still a subversion on what, you know, like, you know, the 2019 is a subversion on what, traditional animated movies are yeah so yeah that was yeah because generally they're good i hear so you know they subverted the fuck out of that one by making a bad movie (laughs) uh all right well thank you very much folks for uh for joining us for a little uh little party down at one cemetery lane um, if you want to let us know how everything was today, you can hit us up at uh, email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can find us on the social medias, uh, Facebook, Geeksploration, the podcast page, Instagram, Geeksploration Podcast, or Twitter at Geeksplorepod. You can also call us up at 916-ORC-TURD. Call us and uh, leave a message, and we'll play it on the show, we'll respond to it, whatever you want to do. That is 916-672. 8873. <laughs> I was doing that in real time. Woo! And if you enjoyed today's show, uh, or any of the others, or any of our future episodes, go leave us a uh, five kisses up the arm review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Uh, we've got swag available at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. We are a, a proud member of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. And uh, Space Oddities, issue two, is coming in November to Kickstarter. Boy, you're going to get sick of hearing us talk about that. Yeah. Oh, yes. And we've got a, uh, we, we've started, we've built up the Discord a bit and trying to uh, 
build a bit of a community on there. Uh, last Friday, John and I went on to play some Jackbox, ga- Jackbox games. And uh, we're looking forward to maybe doing some more of that in the future. So uh, get on there, play some games, talk, share some memes, uh, have a good time. Yeah. A link to that will be in the show notes. Our theme song is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Until next time. Normal is an illusion. What's normal for the spider is chaos for the fly. 